Good morning. I am Wayne Bernoski, and I serve as area coordinator for Operation Christmas Child. And this morning, I have the pleasure of introducing our guest speaker all the way from North Carolina. So if you guys would please join me in welcoming Irina Creek to the stage. Good morning. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. Well, my name is Irina Creek, but I used to go by Stepanova Irina Vladimirovna, and I thought we agreed that, okay, maybe later. <laughs> um, well, uh, I was born in the former Soviet Union uh, to a family of farmers, and I had a a very humble upbringing uh, that will, I'll get to share some of that with you this morning and some of the, the low points of my life and, and the highlights of my life uh, to the glory of God uh, who works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called um, by his name. And so in the next slide, uh, we can uh, take a look at this map, and I'll be glad to tell you that I'm from somewhere on this map, but I can't tell you specifically which country because it is now closed to the gospel. So Operation Christmas Child considers it a closed, uh, a sensitive country that we can't even mention. Um, but I lived in a house that looked very similar to this uh, particular house that I just found a picture on the Internet to give you a general idea. Uh, it's just a one-room a uh, house with no running water uh, and has an outhouse in the back. Uh, it was very, very humble uh, beginnings that I had. And we had some difficult times because my parents were alcoholics. And um, when my dad would drink, he would become a different person. He was very violent and all the things that come with that. Uh, we were scared, actually, even to, to know when he's coming home and what kind of mood he was going to be in and what is he going to do to us, who is he going to bring, and some of the guys that would come over and they would have parties at our house and the things they would say, the way they smelled, the way they looked at me. I just remember some of those things that were uh, difficult for me as a child. Uh, well, sometimes he would get himself into trouble because of the alcohol addiction and the influence that it had on him and he would go into jail and for various things, for fighting and for stealing and, and so on and so forth. And my mom was left home to take care of me and my older sister, Katya. Well, one night, I remember in particular that we were left by ourselves and were waiting for her to come back, but uh, she never came back. So something must have happened to her that night, and to this day, I don't know what happened to her. Uh, the government searched for her, um, but they never found anything about her. They, and so they declared her dead, and we were sent to an orphanage. And I remember being very excited, actually, going to an orphanage, uh, coming from a very small village where I've only met two other kids in my life. I walked into this room full of children, and I was just excited to, to have so many more friends and I'm a little bit of a social person, so it was very exciting for me. But then I met the caregivers, and they were, to say the least, were not something to be excited about. And I feel like sometimes 
we were treated worse by these caregivers uh, than even my dad under the influence of alcohol. And it's unfortunate, but uh, the truth is some people, you know, they're just evil. I mean, they just, they don't have the Lord in them, and they do evil things. And I'm sure you've heard on the news some of those examples. Um, but the, the caregivers, in, in my case, would sometimes strip all the kids naked in our group, and they would lock us up in the attic for hours. And, you know, they would beat us severely and talk to us very negatively, and they would put boys and girls together in the same bed. I mean can go on and on and a lot of those things made us feel alone um, and just unappreciated and and I think what happened to a lot of the kids is because they were so afraid of the caregivers they just shut down and it, it, it kind of slowed down their development process because they're just so scared to do something wrong to say something wrong and I just remember feeling very alone. And um, at one point, I, I saw a lady that I haven't seen before in the office area. And I stepped out of line and I ran to her because I saw an opportunity to, to tell somebody what's going on. So I have a little bit of a rebellious streak in me, I guess. Um, so I ran to her and said, just, just told her what's been going on. And, and that sweet smile just turned to a blank face and said, I know, I, I know about this, but I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. And I'll never forget that statement. As a six-year-old girl, I can tell you, I disagreed with her. I felt like there was something she could do. She chose not to. You know, we all have a position of influence, whether it's in our family, workplace, church, community, country, there's always something you can do. And if you're a child of God, wow, the sky is your limit. And so I don't want anyone to feel like they're in a position there's nothing they can do. Uh, because we serve a God uh, who's the God of miracles. And it just takes one person sometimes uh, to transform a life. And my life was transformed, actually, not by that lady, but somebody else <laughs> who said, there's something I can do. Even though I'm all the way across the world, I'm going to play a role in somebody else's life for the better. So on the next slide, you can see a picture of um, this is the actual orphanage, the second orphanage that uh, I was transferred to where the change in my life happened. This orphanage was designed differently uh, because the, the head of this orphanage, the director, did not put up with abuse. He had a different strategy. Uh, he, he hired people that disciplined the kids with encouragement and love and care. And we lacked some of the basic needs, just like the first orphanage, um, but they were not in the area of, of character of those uh, caregivers. But we did definitely lack in the material things. But what the director chose to do is he invited people who could help in the material ways to come in and do just that. 
And I think there's wisdom in that. You have to realize what you can and can't do. And when you can't do something, to open the doors and allow somebody else to come alongside of you and to play a role as well. The way God created this world is that we all need each other. And it's important for us to recognize that and ask for help when, when we need the help. Well, I was about 10 years old, and on the next slide you can see a picture of uh, me and my sister at the very year uh, when the shoeboxes entered the orphanage. And I'm the shorter one on the left, and my sister Katya is the taller one. Always has been, probably always will be. <laughs> well, I would say this was the highlight of my childhood. This was the time that a lot of things changed for me. You know, as a 10-year-old, I already had questions, uh, a lot of big questions, like what is going to happen to me? Um, I was in my home country already in high school, and I just had a few years left in the orphanage, and then I was going to be released. Uh, we only, um, we're, we're in school a lot less uh, in, in my home country, so. Uh, till nine, nine grades. So I was already uh, in the sixth grade, and I just had a few more years left. And I was wondering, am I going to be like the rest of the children that are graduating the orphanage? And I see them around town looking very questionable and having children who are now also in the orphanage, and the cycle continues. You know, what I see the pattern is they would uh, graduate, find somebody, who would be willing to take them in because they have no skills of running a household. They didn't see mom and dad, you know, budgeting and, and cooking and cleaning and, and working. They just, you know, we, in the orphanage, it's a very different kind of life. And so it's, it's difficult uh, for the, the children to go outside uh, and, and begin a normal life. And so a lot of them... Uh, have a, a really a lot of struggles. So I was beginning to picture my future, and that's what I saw. And I did not want my life to look like that. But I didn't know what else it would be. You know, when you graduate from an orphanage, you have a very few uh, choices of what um, the government will say. You can go to this trade school to learn X, Y, Z, and you pick one of the three things that they provide for you, and it, none of them are glorious. Um, and I wanted more than that. But I wasn't in a position to, to change my life that way. Well, when the shoeboxes entered my orphanage, I received a lot of supplies that improved the quality of my life in the orphanage. But I also received a powerful message of hope that provided something for my heart that I needed, that answered a lot of my questions about the future. They said uh, that Jesus came from heaven to earth so that he could show me the way back to the Father. And Father God, he accepts all of us and invites all of us to be a part of his family. And you know what that meant to me? Is that God is the God of adoption. And adoption has been my dream for many, many years, living in the orphanage. And it really just focused my life. It, it just did so much for me. I just could see myself serving God 
and following him. I mean, this was a 15-minute presentation, okay? They told us a little bit about God and that he's the creator of the world and that he has a plan for my life and that, that I, I could pray to him and he would lead me. And I saw it, you know, almost like a vision that that's me. I belong to him. And I, I said yes. I said yes to the Lord. And in that instant, I wanted, I wanted to be a part of whatever these people were doing. This Operation Christmas Child people, they were, they were helping others. They were answering people's questions. And they were leading them to hope. I wanted that. So I went outside uh, to pray. To, you know, to begin this relationship with God. And I wasn't sure what I was doing, so the way I did this was I got a handful of leaves, and I threw them up in the air, and I said, God, if you are listening to me, would you have the leaves blow away to the left as a sign that you hear me? <laughs> I know that's kind of silly, but I didn't go to Sunday school or anything. I didn't know how to do this. And so I just, you know, I wanted to be sure he was listening. And Somebody might say that that was a coincidence, you know, the leaves, blow, the leaves can blow away to the left or right direction. Okay, I'll give you that one. But the fact is that nobody can take away from me is that my heart was filled with faith and hope and joy. And those things come only from the Lord. There is no other source of good things but the Lord. And in that moment, I said, God, if you're the God of adoption, you're the one I need to talk to about getting me a family. And I said, would you provide me specifically a Christian family where I could learn more about you? And one of these days, I want to, I want to be like them, a missionary. So here I am today. <laughs> the Lord has done a great thing in my life. He allowed me and my sister both to be adopted to a Christian family. Praise the Lord. And, and next slide. Uh, this is the day that we landed in the Florence, South Carolina airport. Wow, it is very hot there. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. I didn't pray for that, but sometimes you get things along the way that you didn't pray for. That's all right. Uh, but I am so grateful for this family. I got to learn more and more about God, and, and um, it's such a privilege. And later I learned about Operation Christmas Child and this side of the shoebox. And so I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all of you who participate in furthering the kingdom of God through Operation Christmas Child and other ministries, whether it's in your neighborhood or across the world. We're all part of the same goal in the body of Christ, and this is a tool that God is using. And I like to think of it as the staff of Moses. In reality, the, Mos the staff that Moses had was actually an ordinary item that other men had in his day right, is just an ordinary staff, but in faith, when he threw it down, it became a snake and a source of a miracle because of the faith that he had as he used that item. So when you pack your shoebox, believe that this is a mighty tool in the hands of God, that once you give it over to the Lord in faith, it is a source of a mighty miracle, like in my case, it was. And there are 
millions of people receiving the shoeboxes around the world, and we will not hear all of their testimonies on this side of heaven. But one day we will, and you and I get to play a role in making a difference globally. It is a very, very exciting thing. I don't know if that makes you excited, but it makes me very excited. Um, because I think it is greater to give than it is to receive. As much as I love the things that I received in the shoebox, I am way more excited about giving things away. And in fact, the things that I received in my box, I was actually eager to give away even while I was in an orphanage. Not only me, but other children as well. It became like this thing where when somebody's birthday was coming up or we would like create games and, and, and everything so we could give away what we have because we experienced how exciting it is to receive and we wanted to see that again and again and again. So there was a lot of trading and giving going on in the orphanage and it really just improved the whole feel and the atmosphere, the relationships in the orphanage. Uh, but one of my favorite things in my shoebox was the hair clips. As a little girl, of course, you could understand that makes a big difference for a little girl who's maybe struggling with her identity. And um, the other thing was a pencil sharpener. I loved it because it was in the shape of a dinosaur. And I thought it was very interesting. And I thought it was just a toy. And I was bothered, honestly, that there was a hole in my toy. <laughs> and I didn't know why it was there until somebody smarter than me came along and stuck a pencil inside of my toy and turned it around and it came out sharpened. I thought, oh my goodness, American people are so creative. <laughs> and maybe that's where my dream of coming to America began. But anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> um, so the, the items, they're definitely very interesting. So think about the kids on the other side that are maybe living in the slums and they don't have anything clean or new or very interesting. They play with sticks and rocks. And in my case, I played with my fingers. That was my dolls. I would draw a little face on the tips of my fingers and hi, hello. That was my toy. That's what I played with. And I enjoyed that very much. But all the more, I enjoyed the special things that came in my shoebox. Most of them, though, I don't have today. But what I still have is my relationship with God. And I know that I will never lose that, no matter what. God has promised to me that he will always be with me. And he has promised that same thing to you. And to all those children around the world who today are wondering what their future holds. And you could play a role in answering those questions for those children. The thing is, there's nothing that will stop their destiny. Uh, God will do what he says that he will do. He already determined what those children will do for him. But you and I could play a role in that. God has given us the opportunity, the free gift to take part you know, um, I remember when I was pregnant with my son, Peter, I was thinking, you know, reading all these things about what to do, what not to do, and, and it seemed like a lot. And then I realized that all I have to do is just a few things, you know, eat healthy and drink water and take it easy, you know, things like that. But I didn't have to grow the child. I didn't have to figure out how to put the arms on and, and how to bring... 
I didn't have to do most of the actual work. I just had to take care of myself a little bit. And so it kind of reminds me of my role in general, you know, in my relationship with God, is he gives me a role to play just to say that you're a part of that, but he's the one who does most of the work. And so I hope that encourages you and takes some of the burden off of you and just makes you excited to participate because really the burden lies on the Lord. It is his children. This is his world. It is his plan, and he will see us through, but we get to take part. So I hope that you will pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what is my part? What have you called me as far as Operation Christmas Child or any other ministry or in general in my life? Uh, and maybe God will take you to a whole new level and reveal his strength in your weakness. He loves to do that, as he has done in my life and many other people's lives. So thank you so much for answering the call and for taking part uh, in this wonderful, wonderful ministry of Operation Christmas Child. And may God bless you and bless his word in the midst of your hearts as you go on to serve him until the day he calls you home. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. We do have a few more minutes, and I appreciate so much what you shared. I know in the first service you talked a little bit about your opportunity to go back and uh, help with the orphanage. Do you have a couple of minutes to go ahead and Absolutely. share that story? I can. Is that okay? I, I think it's an awesome thank story. You, thank so, you, yeah. thank you. Well, um, I always try to make it a little bit different because some people hear it twice. So, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but, you know, as uh, my husband and I were praying about, like I said, the call, Lord, what is it that you have for me and to take, uh, to take it to the next level? And the Lord said to me in my heart that I am to go back to the orphanage where all of this began for me. And at first, to be honest, I was a little bit nervous uh, because that seemed like more than what I was kind of envisioning that I was going to do for the Lord. Uh, but this was actually the time that the Lord taught me that he's not asking me to do something I can't do. He's leading me. He's the pr project manager, and, and he's my boss, and I'm just to listen and obey and, and do as he says, and he will see me through. And so, and that's kind of where this comes from, is uh, in 2016, the Lord uh, put it on my heart to go back to the orphanage, and my thought was to rebuild the playground in this orphanage. Well, I was there, even. The playground was already in pretty bad condition, and I remember wishing that it was improved, but we had so many needs in the orphanage that of course it was like one of the last things on the list. And I just had this dream to go back and to, to make it better for those kids, and I feel like I'm so privileged here. And the money that I have, it may not be a lot by the American standards, but surely it will go a long way somewhere else, uh, especially my home country. And I was a little nervous, but I brought this up to my husband, and he said, sure, let's do it. And I was like amazed that, because um, to me, it, it did seem like a big deal, but 
um, he saw it as something that was from the Lord and we were in the same spirit uh, as far as this project and so we I called the director and said here's what I have in mind I would love to come and he said actually uh, what we really need help with is the shower facilities he said remember when you were here there was a public shower facility that the orphanage would pay a sum of money like once or twice a month and the kids would get the opportunity to go and take a shower well they closed that facility it didn't belong to the orphanage it was just for the community because a lot of people don't have running water where I lived and they had to go to that facility and I don't know the details of why that place closed but this orphanage of over 130 kids didn't have a place to bathe now we had kids from the age of 6 to 18 and can you imagine the boys after playing sports just not having a I mean, even little kids not having a place to go bathe and so they put up a few just cold water only little sh uh, shower stalls uh, but only a few and so it just was a big problem and he said he his role is to teach kids uh, good hygiene and so on but he, he's not actually able to carry that out because the government isn't providing that well I remember praying about it with some anger to the Lord and saying I cannot believe this government that cannot even provide I mean I know they have money they're just misusing it and blah 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 was my prayer <laughs> and the Lord convicted me and said it's actually a part of God's will that he put them into this position to provide me an opportunity to go and fulfill this need in Jesus name talk about a conviction I mean I just saw things in a completely different light it showed me that every need that a person has whether it's a hurting neighbor or co-worker I have the opportunity to speak into their lives in Jesus name the Bible says the poor will always have with us and that is a royal opportunity for us as believers we are privileged and we have with us the gifts of the Holy Spirit to come and fulfill those needs in Jesus name and so I was just excited and I called the director and said we're gonna do it he said do what the showers or the playground I said we're gonna do both and he said wow you must have a lot of money I said not a penny <laughs> He said, well, how do you intend to help us? I said, well, we have about six weeks until we get there, and we're going to ask our friends and family and, uh, and see if they could put some money together. And, and we believe, we're trusting in God to, to do it for us because he said that, that he's leading us to do this, so we're trusting in God. And I don't think he thought it was going to happen, but it did. Our goal was 22000 and we raised over $40,000 by God's grace. Praise the Lord. And we were able to build the playground and the shower facility, provide a Bible for every child and the teacher's children, and repaint the shower, I mean, repaint the walls in their, um, the, the summer camp area, and the floors in the dining area so this right here is a picture of the facility that was there it's just a like a building that was just ruined it's always looked like that when I was at the orphanage and this is the building we used to renovate and make into uh, the shower facility and right there uh, on the right is a picture of one of the shower cabins that they were using for years uh, until 
you know, we came along and were able to rebuild the shower facility. So the next slide is uh, the kids standing in front of the brand new shower facility. It's like a locker room style. So um, they're standing in front of, you know, this row of showers and there's like a little bathroom and changing area. And actually it came out really, really nice uh, with water heaters. So hot water in the orphanage, praise the Lord. And our next slide is the old playground. As you can see, it's just a shell of a playground that used to exist, uh, and it wasn't very usable. Uh, and the next slide is uh, one of the two playgrounds that were at the orphanage. As you can see, the kids are enjoying it year-round, which makes me very happy. And this right here is for the younger kids, and then on the other side of the property is the one for the older children. Um, so we just praise God so much for this opportunity to go and fulfill a need in Jesus' name. And that's exactly what we get to do through Operation Christmas Child. You know, there are many, many needs, and no, we cannot fix all the problems of the world, and that's not what it's all about. It's really just to obey the Lord in the calling that he has for us, and he's the one that's in control of the whole picture, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, the orphanage definitely still has lots more problems that we can't solve, uh, but we were just listening and obeying to the Lord of the particular needs that, uh, that he met. And one little side note, actually, one of the things we, I really wanted to do, but we didn't get to do because we ran out of money, um, was okay so the orphanage has different classes but there's also um, like after school programs where the kids could learn how to sew and dance and sing and there are a couple of things like that and the government sometimes would provide money for that but sometimes they didn't and for years the director said this orphanage participated in the sewing contest uh, and it was like a contest with other orphanages in the region and whoever wins the contest the government actually gives them like a, a, a sum of money and says okay we're going to like let's say a certain sum of money we're going to provide something for you and the director gets to say what it is and as a congratulations kind of gift to the orphanage so it's actually really really a good program because the kids got to um, develop a talent and if they win which they won several years in a row and the orphanage was able to be improved in different ways but the director said the past couple years they were not receiving even the sewing materials especially fabric they really needed fabric to make, you know, to practice the sewing, and the government just didn't provide that. So they didn't get to participate. And it's just unfortunate because there's some kids that really were developing that the previous years. And it just broke my heart, and I wanted to help, but, you know, we just couldn't at the time. And when I got home, I, I got an email from uh, Isabella McMillan, which some of you might know. She oversees all the speakers uh, in Operation Christmas Child, and she said, I got an email from one of the year-round volunteers who owns um, uh, like a clothing store and, and they have this fabric that they, I mean, it's like a boutique, so I guess they make their own clothes and they have a lot of fabric. They're changing things around and they're trying to get rid of this fabric. And I'm telling you, she said in her email, she said, I was thinking that there may be 
uh, speaker in the bureau who came from an orphanage, who might still is in contact with the orphanage, who might know that there is a need in the orphanage for fabric. And Isabella didn't know about this need, but she thought it might be Irina because she knew I recently went to an orphanage. I mean, that just gives me the chills to even remember that. That's how amazing our God is. He's the God of details. He knows everything about us. And so think about when you pack your shoeboxes, there might be a child who might be in this country who might need the very item you might be packing tomorrow in this shoebox. So we serve a God of miracles. He is the God of miracles. He always has been and always will be. And I hope you believe that uh, because it is the faith, your faith, that makes all the difference. So thank you so much once again in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. God bless you. Well, it's just been a, a wonderful morning and a, a blessing to hear uh, how God is working in the world and, and to hear personally from Irina this morning. How I'd like to close this out uh, is I, I'd like to ask Irina if you'll come to the front and uh, Wayne and actually your family. I, I know it's, it's you all, but just come as a family, okay? So we'll represent this whole adoption thing and family. And actually, I know I don't normally do these types of things, but uh, who is here this morning with us in the second service that serves on the mission executive team? I know some of you are here this morning. Would you stand for a moment? Come on, I know, I know. It's like, why is he making us do that? So, uh, and we had some of the first service as well. And I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm giving you an invitation. If you want to come up here and stand as we pray, it's fine if you want to stand where you're at as we pray. But I just think representative of what we're trying to do as a church with what we do missionally, because I say this all the time, everything we do is missional, everything. What, what we do here Sunday morning today is mission. We're wanting to share the gospel. We want people to hear testimonies. We want people to come to know Christ. We want people to follow Jesus. That begins here at home. It's all part of our mission, loving and leading people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop here. It must go out into the mid-Ohio Valley and it must go throughout Ohio and West Virginia and across America and then around the world. So just representatively here for a moment, some of these here are representing what God's touched our hearts to want to do. And so thank you uh, for, for uh, the work that you do as a, as a mission team, mission executive team, and we'll be meeting this evening. And we're continually praying about how God wants to continue to work through Porterfield to have a personal touch around the world. Now, having said that, one final thing before I pray. Randy and Judy Watkins has, has had a huge part in helping get this ministry developed here. And even this week, we're going to be having a shoebox packing party. So we're making it as easy as we can. If you can't take a week off and travel to another country, uh, but you'd like to have some hands-on personal, more than just putting money in a plate or something, that's great. But if you want to have a hands-on thing of doing mission work, come here to the church. We got tables set up. They've even purchased items for goodness sake for you. We've got shoebox. All you got to do is show up, pick out items that you'd like to put in a box for a child, whether it's a girl or a boy in a different age group. You pick out what you feel led to put in that box. 
And like Irina said, we're trusting God's Holy Spirit that he's going to direct you as you do that. Those boxes are going to be packed, sent off to the processing center. We got folks from Porterfield later this fall that are going to go there. And man, you work when you are there. It's, it, you have a lot of fun, but you work. And to get those boxes ready to ship around the world, it's amazing what God is doing. And I couldn't help but wonder when I saw that video and some of those shoe boxes those children were getting, I was like, I wonder if that's one of the boxes I helped pack. Or I wonder if that was one of the boxes that some of us here at Porterfield maybe just had our hands on. Because literally hundreds of, of hands have touched those boxes in the process before they get into the hands of a child. God works through it all. So I want to encourage you, make every effort to come here for this shoebox packing party this week. You'll be blessed by it. And it's a way you could have hands-on mission work to make a difference in the world. Would you stand and we're going to pray. Father, thank you that you give us the privilege to call you that. Uh, you're more than our creator and redeemer. Though what more could there be than that? But again, you long for us to be part of your family. And you loved us first. And you want us to simply to respond to that love in return. Just like Irina has done, Lord, when she heard that message of hope, when she heard that message of love, when she saw it demonstrated, you moved her heart and she responded with a childlike faith and said yes to you. Forgive us for making it so complicated. Forgive us when we've listened to the lies of the enemy, the lies of the devil. Lord, whoever is listening today, right now, no matter their circumstance in life, whether it's been here in America or somewhere else, Lord, break through the darkness and help them to hear the message of your love and your grace and your sacrifice through Jesus Christ and help us to say yes to you afresh and anew. And Lord, strengthen our faith and give us vision for what you want to accomplish through our lives personally for the greater good of your kingdom work. So, Lord, I pray a special blessing on Irina and her family and uh, her growing family. Thank you for blessing her life. Continue to use her in great and mighty ways and the others who have been touched through Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. Thank you for our mission team. Thank you for everyone in your church, Lord. So just continue to help us to be open now to how you want to continue to use us to accomplish your work. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise in Christ's mighty name. Amen.